Hello and welcome to Ghoulies Unflushed. Um, well, before we get to the news this week, Paul, shall we do our yes. recent pickups? Yes, yeah? let's do it. Would you like yeah, to speak yeah, yeah. about the item you picked up this week with your pocket money? Ah, uh, you want me to go first? Go please? first. Yeah, why not? Yeah, so, um, well, it's kind of related to us trying to find uh, the VHS release date for Ghoulies, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're in a VHS group on Facebook um, Trying to find an exact release date for Ghoulies in the UK on VHS on the rental um, And I was messaged by someone Saying, oh, I see you like Ghoulies uh, Would you be interested in a, in a model, model that I've done? I thought, yes, I would And he sent me some pictures um, And I ended up purchasing uh, a little Ghoulie figure Figurine or statue, mm. I don't really know what you call it. Yeah, whatever you figurine. Like. Um, he's a lovely little ghoulie, fish ghoulie, uh, coming out of a toilet. Uh, he's got a very stylized look to him. I, I call him Goofy Ghoulie, <laughs> lovingly. <laughs> lovingly. <laughs> um, give you an idea, it's a little bit smaller than the uh, the official full moon fish ghoulie coming out of a toilet which you can buy mm -hmm. from madaboutthorror.co.uk good and many good plug. and other <laughs> and and uh so he's a little tiny bit smaller than that i'll actually i'll put some pictures up actually of them next to each other um but yeah it's a very cool little item uh made by a gentleman by the name of ollie watts um he does have his own etsy page um oh what's new which is quite clever because his name is Ollie Watts. Yeah. And he's, um, if you go on there, this is a one off this one. So he won't be, you won't be able to see the ghoulie on there. No. Um, but yeah, it's a nice small little ghoulie. Um, uh, it's actually got an LED light on it as well, which lights up the toilet. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, that's news yeah, to me. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's very cool because it's the ghoulie. It's got the blue, he's got the blue t shirt on. He's got the red suspenders. Mm. Um, yeah, it's very, it's very cool. I liked it. And there's obviously it's a one-off, so you won't see it again. And it is very, very reasonably priced, as in it's very cheap. Um, yeah, so very cool. Yeah, when you yeah, put some is. pictures on, you'll have to do one with a light and one without a light. Okay, yeah. It's a very subtle little LED light in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, I think he's made out of, oh, I don't know, clay or something. And it's painted. <laughs> it's very, very, very nicely painted. Very bright and green, gooey. Um, yeah, very cool. Very cool little pickup. Mm. Um, like I said, it's not something you see. I, like, I do like the fact that these little things keep appearing. Like we've seen, you know, since we've been in the podcast, we've seemed to see the odd thing pop up, don't we? Like statues and replicas. And I like that people just want to make this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this one is really cool. Um, yeah, it's only because the guy messaged me and I saw it. I was like, yeah. So yeah, oh, what's new on Etsy? Well, hang oh, on. before you speak, we might as well just say quickly, we, we were looking for many dates surrounding the original Ghoulies uh, in the UK. Which, yeah. what were, what was the date that someone... Um, uh, someone said, was it the 25th of September? Okay, that's VHS. It, yeah, so we, so someone posted a, a screen, a picture of a, v, a UK VHS rental chart, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Which I believe was date that that was dated the twenty fifth of September, nineteen eighty five. Yeah. I guess it was. Which which yeah. makes sense because if it came out in the spring, um, it probably would have come around uh sort of in the in the autumn. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, that guy never messaged us back, did he? 
No one that. messages us back. Everyone hates us. No. <laughs> <laughs> so if anyone listening does know for sure, but yeah, it's quite interesting. So that was dated on that date, but um, Ghoulies was at number three in the charts, wasn't it? Yeah. But it had moved up ten places from from what we could tell in the picture. Mm. So presumably. It was released at least one week before that. Yeah, I don't know how how often those uh, those things come out. Anyway, but whilst yeah. you were trying to uh, track down the VHS date for Ghoulies, I was trying to track down the theatrical release date for Ghoulies in the UK, yeah. and uh, I didn't find it because it's it's, <laughs> it's literally needle in a haystack. But I did come across um, a British magazine on eBay from September 1987 containing some Ghoulies Two stuff. And I thought I would relay Ooh. what it says herein. Um, nice. This is from Video, the magazine. Kind of like yeah. Spaceballs, the movie. I remember that magazine. You remember, remember that, magazine? that magazine? I don't remember yeah, that yeah. magazine. How come you remember? Oh, <laughs> well, that's because you're so much older than me, yeah. I used to sit, I used to, um, like comic shops and stuff, I used to have boxes full of those video magazines and trade magazines. and. Maybe I just wasn't looking I used to for them. I used to hunt through for stuff just like that. Yeah. So um, yeah, so yeah, I, I didn't know it when it was out originally, but this I was probably this is probably this is like early nineties, early okay. mid nineties. I was going through comic shops and they, they oh, would okay. have these well, piles of them. That's fine. I thought you meant in the eighties when this was actually coming out. You know, no, it would have been like early nineties. So yeah, it would have been like five, six, maybe. Oh wait, oh, wait you're, you're ruining it. Let me let me do it. <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me let me read the review um, from Video the magazine. Um, now there's actually two reviews in here one is from the releases section it's a short little blurb and then in the mm-hmm. review section there's a well a review um so in the in the uh look and i've even i've even look i've even tagged the pages so i don't have to find them how professional am i this week wow so good okay so in the release <laughs> section it says entertainment and video ghoulies 2 uh ghoulies by the dozen for some reason underneath it and then it says uh three stars three out of five which isn't bad it says, mm-hmm. follow up to the successful and very funny Ghoulies. Here the Ghoulies very appear funny. in a travelling carnival, and havoc is the result. As they go on a rampage, a Ghoulie-eating Ghoulie appears. And then it says in brackets, BBFC refuses certificate to cannibal Ghoulies. I, don't, I think that's like a joke they put in there, which I thought uh-huh. was funny. But it just confused me, because I thought, <laughs> have the BBC refused a certificate for this for some reason? But they didn't. Yeah. That got cut, but that's about it. Uh, and a stunning climax. He falls foul of a Molotov cocktail. Or does he? Funny stuff. <laughs> Actually, he does fall foul of a, lo- a Molotov cocktail, so I don't understand. I don't understand. You, you know sometimes when you read these old, old reviews and they're trying to be funny and they're not funny? It just I'm, get, I'm guessing... The, yeah. What? I just think Cannibal Ghoulies would have been Cannibal Holocaust getting refused a certificate, wouldn't it, back then? Oh, well, perhaps it, there we go then. You're obviously yeah. just far smarter than I, Paul. <laughs> this just went completely over my head. Anyway, that was a little one in the release section, yeah, but... The real review on page 27 in the review section. Oh, and I'll also let you know that they actually gave Ghoulies 2 a better review than Labyrinth. Wow. (laughs) It's got the same three and a half stars as Labyrinth, but Ghoulies 2... Labyrinth came out around the same time, did it, on VHS? On VHS, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So here we go. Ghoulies, which side do they dress? I get that. (laughs) Do you get that? Don't say no. I get something, you don't get something. I thought that was the no. dumb one. What Which side, side do, you do they dress? Yeah, you know, when you go to a, a tailor and they say, what si- to what side do you dress, sir? I've never been to a tailor. 
Okay, well, have you seen them on the I'm telly? I'm not posh like you, have I? I, I'm not, I, haven't got a groomed, I haven't got a groomed beard and slick back hair. <laughs> I've got slick back hair because he's in a freaking bun. Um, <laughs> right. Coolies, which side do you... Okay, okay they, which side do you dress up? Basically, it's like, what... If you have you go to the tailor for trousers, right, they've got to do your inseam. Now, if you're lucky enough to have a cock that's more than a couple of inches long, they'll say, would you mm-hmm. like it on the left-hand side or the right-hand side? Right, which side do you it. dress? That's why, uh, hence ghoulies, which side do you dress? Okay. Yeah, what wow. side does it hang? <laughs> Did you not? Okay, well, hey. Never had that. I obviously watched too many tailoring films and documentaries. Okay. Wow. Do you want me to read this? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Here it goes. Uh, oh, this is also, this is by uh, Carolyn Crummings, I will say, uh, because mm-hmm. it, it's, it might be a little bit relevant when we get a little bit way in that it's written by a girl. Or maybe not. (laughs) Here we go. Uh, I'm always a bit wary of films with two or even three in their titles, as it always suggests to me that the producer or director of a film have run out of ideas and are content to follow up with a successful release with more of the same rather than something fresh. Mm -hmm. Very often, sequels do not add anything to the existing film or more often just do not work as films in themselves. It was for that reason I was somewhat apprehensive when our beloved editor thrust this offering across the desk to me. I really shouldn't have been. (laughs) Ghoulies 2 cannot be described as highbrow fare in any way, but it's definitely jolly entertaining stuff. (laughs) Very British. (laughs) Yeah, I know. After their residence at a creepy mansion in the original Ghoulies, the little swines have decided to latch on to the house of horror in a travelling carnival. Hard-drinking Uncle Ned... Royal Dano, is convinced he's conjured the things up in a drunken stupor and determines to exercise them, but they aren't having any of that (laughs) and electrocute the poor fellow. This leaves his nephew Larry, played by the rather cute Damon Martin. See what I... I know someone that would agree with that. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, And the diminutive... And the diminutive... And the diminutive... Do you want to read this? (laughs) And the diminutive... And the diminutive... (laughs) And the... Amazing Phil von der Caro to deal with the pests. Sure enough, they manage to get them out of the horror house where they have tied a smart ass kid down on a torture table, amongst other things, but they pr- proceed to run loose in the carnival grounds. Ghoulies seem to like doing all the things everybody would do at a fair. One tries his luck at the shooting gallery, <laughs> one rides on the dodgems, another has a go on the Ferris wheel. I don't know why you'd put that in a review. You're just literally, <laughs> you're just literally making a yeah. list. Um, all with disastrous and rather bloody consequences. And what happens to the nasty circus owner, Danning, Jay Downing, when he goes to spend a penny isn't worth mentioning? <laughs> <laughs> Larry and Nigel think they've got rid of the ghoulie vermin, reminiscence of Muppets, dipped in shellac. But hang on, what's that noise in the back of Larry's car as it heads off into the sunset? Now... <laughs> Which is a bit odd. There's a little bit hey. more, but I just want to. Hey. Wait, I know they're not in the back of Larry's car when they when they leave the movie. He's oh my in the God. toilet. They, they must have reviewed the uncut version. <laughs> I think she's probably the getting it muddled off, muddled up with the original. Yeah, when they're in the back of the car. I don't know. Um, anyway, it says it says Ghoulies Two may sound a bit on the gory side, but its horror is very very much of the comic book type, and the end result is an amusing rather than frightening film. The cast turn in sterling performances with the cute Damon Martin, especially worthy of note. Royal Dano and Phil Fondacaro as Ned and Nigel respectively also add much to the film. The ghoulies themselves are the very clever creations of John Beekler, and although small and apparently sweet, Bambi's they ain't. 
<laughs> and then she says in brackets, however, by the end of the film, I'd become quite attached to the cute little furry one with pointed ears. Obviously referring cat. to cat. Yeah. <laughs> Daft stuff, which doesn't require a great deal of concentration to enjoy. I must admit, I didn't think I'd enjoy Ghoulies 2 at all, but I did. A worthwhile rent and good for a few giggles. Huh? Hmm. Oh, it was yeah. not surprising a good review. Seeing as no, most reviews like we that. see from that era, like on Fangora and things like that, were awful. Yeah. I don't yeah. mean, you know, but they were scathing. It's not. It's quite a long review for Goody's too, as well, isn't it? Generally, it's probably just because I'm not a very good reader and you got bored. I mean, there's a lot of text like this. Yeah, I yeah. know. It took a while to go through that. <laughs> Normally, like yeah, like the Fangoria one, straight, straight to video Fangoria reviews are like tiny little. Yeah. You know, tiny little co- down the column, isn't it? So. Exactly. Tiny little things. I know. Uh, so there yeah. we go. Um, also, uh, actually, uh, there's a couple of. Um, uh, uh, adverts in there where you can buy Ghoulies 2 on video or Betamax. Oh, wow. But it's very expensive. It is. I'll tell you what, though. I'm thinking about this uh, when I was looking at this earlier. I was like, oh, yeah, Betamax. And I know that the poster, the Ghoulies 2 po- video poster, it does say Betamax on there. I've never seen a Betamax copy of Ghoulies 2. I would like to own one because I have Betamax copy of Ghoulies 1. Is that the one? That's, there's one on Instagram at the moment, I think. What? Well, it might have been VHS, but there's... Um, like a, an early Ghoulies 2 release. Mm-hmm. And it, it was something to do... It was, they, they've graded it and everything. It's in like a sealed case. Like well, where is this? You case. need to send me the information. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't actually. It was just... It might have been It, it might have been VHS or it could have been Betamax. If it's Betamax, I, I'm interested. It was something to do with Vestron going bust and... Or, no, Empire going bust and changing to Vestron. Mm. Or the rights changing. And they've basically gone out... They've put a sticker over the Empire stuff and just put Vestron on it. Yeah. And it apparently is very, very rare. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen one, so I'm sure it is. The only problem is, Ghoulies 2 notoriously looked crap on VHS. It's like, it it looks terrible. It's washed out. It's it's horrible compared to what we have originally. If you go back and watch your Ghoulies 2 rental VHS, I'm not sure about the sell-through. Yeah. If you watch the rental version, it's it's bad. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty bad. Although right. we do have a lot of extra stuff in it, so you know it's kind of it's a bit of a trade off. But I don't know whether or not the Betamax would be. It would be slight. It would be a slight improvement. But obviously, if the uh, the transfer was poop, uh, we're uh, not gonna. Oh, I found it. Oh great! Da, da, da. <laughs> this is da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> Is it VHS or is it Betamax? It doesn't actually say. Oh. You, I don't. Well, you, you probably wouldn't know until you opened it up because back in those days, you used to have the slots for Betamax oh, no, and VHS. VHS. Yeah, it says VHS. VHS? Sorry, okay, okay. Well, let's move VHS. on. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we do the new? Oh, I tell you what. You did. I didn't tell you the price. Uh, Betamax or VHS? I, I, was, I said it very, very expensive. You I'm, said expensive. I'm guess like eighty. I'm gonna guess eighty nine ninety nine. Oh, okay. Well, it's no, it's not too bad. Uh, it was sixty four ninety five. That was from Adrian's video in Wickford, Essex, or sixty-eight ninety-five from Gilt Edge video in Croydon, Surrey. Uh, I believe uh, the Gilt Edge version mm. was only a pound to ship, though, and Adrian's video was one fifty. So, wow! <laughs> <laughs> Make your mind up there. Uh, shall we do the news and get this show going? Yes. Okay, let's go. Let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not really news this week, more gossip, but uh, but hey, uh, I expected uh, this to go on longer than the We Brought section, so um, firstly, <laughs> I must mention that the uh, the Ghoulies 4 soundtrack, this is news, <laughs> this is news. 
Albeit yep. not very important. The Goonies two, the Goonies four soundtrack is seeing a bit of delay in its release. Uh, I'm not sure right. how long, but by soundtracks has said a yep. small delay is happening on, on Chuck Serino's score. Uh, so hang in there. You can still listen mm-hmm. to the MP3 or WAV if you pre-order. So if you haven't done so, get over to buysoundtracks.com and grab mm-hmm. a copy. I've had it on. Have you had it on yet, Paul? It does sound really no, great. No, I haven't. I, you keep asking me and I keep not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound... I love uh, Chuck Serena as well. Chuck Serena is great. It, it's a great... It's yeah. a big improvement on the one that was floating around the internet for years. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That was the quick bit of news. Now kind of gossip. So... <laughs> we had an interesting occurrence happen last weekend, actually. Uh, one of our Ghoulies Unflushed Facebook members, I think it was Brandon, invited Ghoulies 4 director Jim Wynorski himself to join the group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I confirmed his request soon after. Um, and I have to say, I am surprised he lasted as long as he did. Um, he unfriended <laughs> me and blocked you, Paul, way back yeah. because of, mm-hmm. um, well, I posted an amusing conspiracy theory about the Beatles. And you said something about liking Ghoulies... For more now than you did originally. Yeah. Yeah. Poof, gone we were. <laughs> anyway, um, Winorski uh, was a fully fledged flusher for. Eight minutes! <laughs> huh? He was a ghoulie and flusherman for eight minutes. Now, I do wow. think it. It, yeah, yeah, wow. I mean, we were both pretty shocked, weren't we, when I said, hey, Jim mm-hmm. just joined. And then I, I messaged you again, <laughs> and, and now he's, he's left. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you know, I do think it might have been something to do with our earlier post that day, because I did wind you up a little bit about Ghoulies 4. Yeah. Um, now... <laughs> I, I, I shall read our interaction because I think it's only honest to do so. Um, oh, <laughs> after I posted about the new episode featuring the Ghoulies 4 retrospective Paul did uh, last episode, mm-hmm. um, then uh, uh, Paul replied to uh, my post, that post. Um, well, we finally went there. Ghoulies 4. I'm doing yeah. a voice for you, Paul, just so they know that we're different people. <laughs> <laughs> the one that, for me, at least gets better with each viewing. Yeah. Uh, followed by a grinning face. Mm-hmm. And I said, because it can't get any worse. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> if Wynorski saw that, he'd unfriend you all over again. Followed by a number <laughs> of laughing faces. Now, <laughs> then Paul said, funny thing is, because we boot, we do both like this movie. Let's, not, let's yeah. get this straight. We like this film. Mm-hmm. Paul said, funny thing is, <laughs> I like the film. Just being honest with it. Wow, 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 wow. Right? <laughs> <laughs> all, all you're saying is it has it, grown on you, you know? Yeah. Do you think yeah. John Carpenter is pissed when someone buys another new edition of The Thing but says, I like it more now than I did when it came out in 82? I no, doubt no, it. It tanked, didn't it, back in 82? Exactly. Well, he's much. not going to be pissed off yeah. about that. Although I have seen a few pictures of John in the last few years and it does appear that he's uh, super glued his lips together. So maybe he wouldn't say anything. <laughs> so <laughs> to Paul's, I like the movie, I was just being honest. I responded yep. with a gif of Winona Ryder from Beetlejuice singing, Okay, I believe you. <laughs> that was funny. I thought that was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I, I think this gentle ribbing is rather amusing. I'm not 100% sure on whether 8-Minute Winorski saw this, but I, I can't imagine he didn't. Um, I hope our regular listeners are aware of our love and honesty about the series, and we never mean anything maliciously. Yeah. But mm-hmm. sometimes it's funny and you have to go there. Yeah. Yeah. 
we quite missed similar, you. actually, to the uh, <laughs> the meme that you made. I, I presume you made it. Oh, yeah, I did. I've the, been uh, memeing it up in a few, the last few days. Yeah, what did I yeah, do? That, so the i don't know how you put it it's it's like the guy with the, hold, with the holding the girl's hand and he's looking back at another girl walking by i think it's called like the distracted man meme right everyone should know what it is but obviously yeah. his girlfriend in the picture is gremlins um and obviously the, the girl that he's distracted by is ghoulies mm. and i thought it was very funny i thought it was funny but, um yeah, <laughs> you're like, it went you're down, like, it went down it well funny. didn't it? i shared it on the ghoulies movies facebook and it was very popular yeah uh, and I shared it on Little Rev Monsters, my page, and got a lot of comments about everyone like, no, 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 I prefer, no, you blasphemy, gremlins, no. It was <laughs> oh, all did you? Gremlins. Oh, I must have missed that. <laughs> yeah, it's quite funny. Uh, some people even mentioned critters as well. So, yeah. But, yeah, very, I thought, yeah, very, a lot of comments from people. Yeah. So like to stir favorite. things up. Click. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was, a, well, that's gossip. That's not really news. But but I thought no. it was funny, right? Again, <laughs> it again, funny. we probably shouldn't really be saying this, but hey, we've got time to fill. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it, I think that means it's guest time. Is it guest time? Yeah. Well, uh, this week we are extremely lucky to have a f- another fan favorite Ghoulies two actor in the form of yes. karate chopping heartthrob Donny Jeffcoat. Um, what did uh, well Donny played Eddie in Ghoulies two. The uh, yes. jerky kid who uh, Rat Ghoulie spits on in Satan's Den. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, what I was thinking, actually, I, I love those who've acted in movies as kids and are now adults yeah. who can look back on that time as a kind of a magical experience, you know, because when, yeah, when you go yeah. through something as a kid, it's a lot different to, you know, we're not, you're not as jaded back then. No. You're not as grumpy as me or as old as you, <laughs> you know. And yeah. uh, I think, <laughs> I think that's rather special to have that experience. Plus, Donnie will probably be the last cast member standing in a kind of Eddie Munster kind of way. You know? The reason mm. Butch Patrick is, is still pimping the Munsters, aside from it being a fantastic show, is the fact that he's outlived everyone. You know? And yeah. in some respects, I suppose if we don't, uh, you know, uh, find Eddie's cohort, Leo, Chris... Yeah. Burton? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, who I'm sure, well, I would imagine he's he's still around somewhere. Uh, Donnie might be the reigning yeah. Ghoulies 2 actor still to be here in another sort of 40 years. Wow. Yeah. That's depressing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's horrible. Let's do some karate yeah. chops to lighten the mood. Hey <laughs> Ah! <laughs> 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 uh, Donnie is also just as memorable in Night of the Demons uh, as another, yeah. another jerky kid, um, <laughs> and we get a little bit into that as well. Um, Daddy, yeah, Paul. Yes, bodacious boobs, sis. Who <laughs> <laughs> <he> says it? <laughs> okay, let's do this, ladies and gentlemen. The very much alive Donnie Jeffcoat. <laughs> Well, congratulations are in order, of yeah. course, because uh, is it is it Willow? Willow. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. cute. Willow May Jeffcoat. That is the new addition to the, uh, I guess, the, the zany world of the Jeffcoats. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's beautiful. Uh, she's got a good head start. I know my, my oldest, when she was born, she looked like an old man. So, um, you, you know, <laughs> we're hoping that we're hoping that maybe this doesn't, uh, you know, kick us in the ass later. But whatever, she's a Gerber baby. 
we're like, how in the hell? She's so she's so uh, little porcelainy. But uh, you know, trust me, the the all the little smiling Facebook that's all bullshit. She's a freaking <laughs> demon child. So um, <laughs> let's, let's not let's not fuck around here. Um, she she has her moments of what in the hell and where did you come from? Um, <clears throat> but now she's been wonderful. She it's been a it's been a journey, but she's been wonderful. We got through the colic a little bit, you know, after everything that happened to my my wife, unfortunately, through the the birth process. It, you know. We we almost lost my wife and uh, oh, and uh, yeah she 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 bled out after a, an emergency C section. They had to open her up a few times throughout the night to try and stop the bleeding and save her life. And and unfortunately, it ended up in a a negative. The biggest negative she she ended up uh, having her uterus taken out. So uh, that was the only way they could they could keep her alive. So um, that was a real big punch in the stomach, but. We made it through it. She's alive. The baby's healthy. So anyway, we're very uh, obviously open about what happened because, you know, it's it's easier for us. Uh, we talked about it and easier for us to just heal by letting people kind of know the uh, scenario. But uh, yeah, man, it, it was a big learning experience. After the birth, they had to put her on major meds and, and just because of the chances of infection, which she ended up mm. getting infected a couple of weeks later, which was a whole nother scare. But uh, basically, they just opened her up too many times, so the chances of infection went way up. But the baby got colicky for a little bit at, at nighttime, and man, that was that was he double hockey sticks. And uh, and then after that, that we uh, we finally got a hold on it, and um, now she's like ahead of the game. She's already she, yesterday was five months, so she she turned five months yesterday. We've already got her sleep trained to the point where she's sleeping from six, six thirty in the evening, all the way through six thirty or so in the uh, morning. And, uh, no, yeah, buddy, <laughs> that, that, let the wine flow, bro. Um, <laughs> so that's, uh, that's my current stage right now. Now we're just working out the naps in the daytime, but, um, yeah, man, uh, how, how are you guys out there in, in jolly old England? Oh, what's right? We've got a bit of sun for once, actually. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit annoyed, really, because it's sunny outside and there's kids playing in the street. <laughs> I'm about to shut my window so I don't pick up their fun. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. <laughs> yeah, I have several. Obviously, you and I've talked. I, a lot of my friends live out there, and uh, I see all these posts recently of like, "This is the most beautiful day." They're out hiking and exercising, and my yeah. buddy's doing karate classes outside and such. Where are you from, Paul? Uh, so I'm from down south. I'm from near Salisbury. Okay. So kind of right around by Stonehenge. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I go to Exeter uh, every year. I missed, uh, obviously, okay. last year. I yeah. may actually try to get down there again in August because I, I teach. Uh, there's a gentleman named Damien Abbott out there, a good friend of mine who's uh, okay. uh, a master in the art of Kempo. And uh, a lot of Kempo out there, by the way, a lot of, a lot uh-huh. of American Kempo. So, uh, what's, yeah, what's Kempo? I actually go. Kempo is a blend of Kung Fu, Karate, Jiu Jitsu. It's uh, Okinawan uh, origins started in Okinawa and kind of got its legs in Hawaii back in the mid 1900s, 50s, 40s, 50s um, with two two gentlemen, one being Japanese, one being Chinese and kind of started to blend itself. Actually, the Chinese and Japanese principles of martial arts started to blend back in Okinawa. And the, when the when the Chinese and Japanese were warring over the the um, the island, um, supposedly a lot of the prisoners of war would would share 
information with each other during their stay, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and um, that's kind of how the blend started taking place. It's a good representation of a, a piece of that blend when uh, it, there's, a, there's a movie called Ip Man. I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys have ever seen it, but oh. it's about the, uh, it's a great movie. Uh, it's, it's a, it has Donnie Yen in it, I believe stars in it. He plays uh, Bruce Lee's teacher, which that was master Ip. And, uh, it, it tells the story of the Marco, I believe it's called the Marco Polo incident where, uh, the, uh, Japanese came over to take over China. Um, uh, they attacked China. And so they, they went in and they basically closed all the Kung Fu studios, all the Kung Fu, uh, dojos and took the masters and, um, they wanted to learn Kung Fu. They wanted to add it to their Japanese art, karate. Uh, and so they would make them fight um, other Japanese practitioners and try to figure out what was best, whether it be Kung Fu or karate. So uh, interesting. Little so an amalgamation of kind of like, ghoulies. no, no. So did they kind of, did they sort of like, I'm did they take impressive. the best elements from each uh, each practice yeah, or did you that's know? exactly what it is. It's a hybrid. So yeah, that's, it's very practical. That's, that's, uh, that's why I got into it. I, I grew up doing Shaolin Kempo, which was a little more classical, had a little more of the classical Kung Fu, classical karate, and then eventually blended into some, some fighting techniques. Um, uh, but it didn't have the, um, the true tactical and, and evolution uh, of, of martial arts that I was looking for. So I got it in through another um, master. His name's Larry Tatum. Um, anyway, real quick, I'll wrap this little, little uh, story up, but yeah, it's, it's, it's the blend of, uh, you know, kind of a hybrid, which mm-hmm. kind of got me. I, I, I met a, a gentleman, I reached out to this master grandmaster. He's in his seventies now, but uh, about 10 years ago and trans transitioned myself over to this new syllabus. And that's what I teach at my school now. And that's the, the American Campo syllabus. It's called the Ed Parker syllabus. It's international. So that's why Graham, you know, that I, I, I travel to Europe uh, usually once a year. Um, if not twice a year, we go out there and I teach um, these seminars and such in England and Netherlands and France and Germany. And, uh, you know, it's pretty much everywhere out there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's that's wow. it in a nutshell. But it's very practical. It has that classical edge. So you still learn the beautiful forms if you're interested in them, you know, the katas and the, the sword, the, you know, the, the weaponry and all that. But when it all comes down to it, the, the, the street self-defense is very evolutionary. It's very, very uh, progressive, and and is is very fitting to the the world around us today, which I think is why it's so popular. Very interesting. Uh, there you go. I'm enlightened. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, man. Next next time I'm out, you guys, we can get together, and you know, uh, we can we can share some uh, uh, tattoo mm-hmm. bruising. You know, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have much anyway. more than, many more than yeah. me. Okay, well, yeah, we'll come back to a little bit of that because obviously I want to talk about where you are now, uh, Donny. But yeah. uh, let's do some ghoulies too, then, yeah. because um, was that your first role? Was that the first thing you ever we ever won? Uh, no, the I started back, and I know I'm I'm off a little bit, but I started back in 1984, 85. I moved I moved from Oklahoma to uh, to California as a kid. My dad's business took us out here and um, I had already started doing some theater and uh, kind of got my artistic edge uh, as a youngster out, out uh, in Oklahoma. I was, I was originally born in Mississippi. We my family moved to Alabama, then Oklahoma, then California. But uh, that was, like I said, back in 84, I think I was nine years old. Um, 
and um, I started actually doing martial arts and acting that same year when I got in uh, mm-hmm. out here. And uh, I think I started on the Wonder. The the first, other than commercials and um, like equity theater, I think the first thing I booked was Wonder Years, and then from the Wonder Years, um, I went into like. Punky Brewster, who's the boss, you know, all those, those 80s shows, mm. <laughs> as far as guest stars go, I was guest starring on stuff, kind of getting my, my name out there. And then, um, I had booked Ghoulies to, um, before night of the demons. So I, and it was back to back though. I think I got, I want to say I got off of Ghoulies too. I was in Rome, Italy. That's where we, you know, I, that's where we filmed that. And, uh, cause empire productions was based out there in Rome. And, uh, I think right when I got back from Rome, it was almost like back to back. I went right into night of the demons and I did night of the demons pretty quick. It was either that or another project I was on, but, uh, anyway, so, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was on down the line. Uh, I was still young. I think I was about, do you know what year it was made? Um, it was made 96. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was about 11. Hmm. Um, I was right. born in 75, so yeah, I was 11 years old. So yeah, a couple of years after I'd, I'd begun uh, acting. Yeah, I think it was released in 87, and I think yeah. what, Night of the Demons was 88, I think. So that was, I guess there must have just been a little bit of a delay. That's in that pro- yeah, yeah, that or that or I, I'm thinking of another project, because I remember Night of the Demons, they had to fit me into the schedule because I was doing another movie at the time. But that could have been another film that I did uh, other than the uh, the horror films. Um back then but yeah that that would that would probably mean that if it was released in 86 i filmed it in 85 and i do remember it being the first movie ghoulies 2 i think was the first movie i'd ever booked other than pippi longstocking i actually booked pippi longstocking the part of tommy uh when they did the revamp of it many years ago um but they wait the the post product or the pre-production got put on this major hold it hit a huge obstacle and it took them over a year to get back to the cast about the filming process. And when they did, they called me early one morning. I, re- I remember I was getting ready for school and my mom put me on the phone with the director, or no, the, the costume uh, designer, because uh, she had just finished talking to the director or producers or whoever was in charge of, of production. And so I got on the phone and she started asking me my measurements and I told her, how tall I was. She goes, wait a minute, a year ago, you were like four inches shorter. And <laughs> so that became a big issue was my, I had grown too much, um, to play the part. So they, <laughs> they, uh, they ended up passing. So yeah, Ghoulies 2 was kind wow. of my, my big, my big, uh, movie, uh, debut, I think as far as yeah. big screen goes. I'm okay. You've been, you were in the business uh, as a child and as an, and as an adult, what was, um, how was auditioning as a child actor? I'm kind of curious as to whether or not it was better than worse as your time as an adult in the industry. That's a great question. I think child, child acting is easy because it's a game. So, Mm. you know, the worst part of auditioning was having to do my homework in the car, driving to Los Angeles (laughs) from Orange (laughs) County because we didn't live in LA County. We lived in Orange County down in Irvine. So the traffic, I mean, if there's no traffic, which is really, um, that's that's nearly impossible out here mm-hmm. uh you get it you can get up here for in about an hour but because i had school and most of my auditions were around 
four o'clock in the afternoon or so, she'd pick my my mom would pick me up from school. We'd sit sit in the car for two hours at least to get up here, and then sometimes up to three hours to get back home. So that was the worst part of it. But as far as the process of auditioning, um, it was pretty. I I, I bec- it became kind of second nature as a kid. It was just part of my career slash hobbies. Yeah. That's so it. kids audition super easy, you know, for the most part, the worst part was like I said, doing your homework, driving up in, uh, to mm-hmm. LA. Um, you know, I, I actually at 13 years old, um, I bought a van that had like a table in it and a little refrigerator and a television and a sink for my mom to be able to drive so that I had something more comfortable to do my homework in. And then when we were up there, if we had like multiple auditions, which many days my agent, because of where I was coming from as a kid, she would stack like two or three auditions up in a row. Mm-hmm. And if we had time to spare in between, especially in the summertime, that van was able to be plugged in somewhere, like it had a plug on the side of it. And uh, you could <laughs> plug it in and have, uh, have the option of sitting in kind of like a camper and just chilling out in between auditions. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it was... Uh, it was, it was very different. Once I turned 16, I started driving myself up to Los Angeles. Um, and, uh, I remember as I got older, the anxiety started, uh, and, um, I think I was still okay up until I got into college. Everything's still kind of hobby, hobby, you know, everything was kind of like, just, Oh, this is fun. It's fun to make money. It's fun to go off and film fun things and yada, yada, yada. But, uh, College came around and then life got a little more serious and I realized, you know, um, the competition went way up. And uh, specifically once I got back from New York, I was doing uh, uh, an American soap opera called One Life to Live for a few years in New York City in my 20s. And I got off of that in my late 20s, came back here, started, you know, hitting the pavement again, trying to get another series or, or, you know, good gig to get me, you know, back on on track. And... um, the competition was fierce and the injury industry had changed and it was tr- changing drastically mm-hmm. in regards to just, um, saturation. So many people came from reality television and all these young people, uh, you know, they looked really good, but they, they could act, they couldn't act their way out of a box, but, uh, <laughs> Hollywood stopped caring so much. They started caring more about, you know, um, your drama on, on reality television versus your acting chops. So, uh, that started becoming more frustrating to many of us in the younger, or the, the older generation, um, of actors who came from true, you know, acting, uh, theater, you know, yeah. and we were trained and we studied it and, uh, it just became like, you know, how fast can I become famous instead of working for your, you know, for the art. So, uh, that's when I think the audition stopped becoming fun. It was, it was becoming more of a job. The casting directors were less um, respectful of one's time. Uh, although if you were late, they would call you out. But if they were running late, you just had to sit. I think also the industry changed in, in regards to because of how many people were pursuing it. For instance, back in my day, you go in for your first audition maybe 20, 30 people max, right? Mm-hmm. You got a call back that shaved it down to like maybe 10, usually around six to eight uh, for that character. And sometimes it would go all the way down to three or four. And then if you got a screen test or you made it to the second callback, you're talking about it was between you and maybe one or two other people, sometimes three. Uh, but you see the numbers there were 
pretty logical, right? They were trying to cut it down and hire the hire an actor. Nowadays, and and this started probably 15, 20 years ago, really, you start coming into these auditions where there's see, they're seeing everybody and their mom, and then I mean, and they're seeing people. It's like the breakdown is for a uh, you know a guy from uh, Missouri, uh, you know who's who's twenty uh, something years old, what have you, uh, six foot tall, whatever. And then all of a sudden you, you, you're in the room and there's like, you know, um, uh, 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 an Asian guy, there's, um, there's a girl, <laughs> there's, there's, you know, there's a, there's a 40 year old, there's a 30 year old, there's, they're seeing everybody and, and, and their mom. Um, mm. and, and it just got kind of out of control. Even in the callbacks, it's like you, you had 50 people sometimes show up at a callback. You're like, wait a minute, this isn't even a callback. They're seeing a whole nother slew of people now. So I, you know, it just started, I think, getting um, frustrating uh, to a point where the anxiety levels became more. And then, of course, you're an adult. As an adult actor, if you, unless you have a trust fund of some sort or you're, you know, uh, um, just lucky enough to have money, you need those jobs badly, mm-hmm. you know. And so those those auditions became uh, extremely uh, important to your well-being and your, you know, ability to pay your bills and such. So that also, I think, adds to, um, you know, the difference between being a child actor and adult actor in regards to pursuing those jobs. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of that's why a lot of actors don't who start as children they opt out later on in life unless they just get lucky enough to continue working. But you know, um, it's not easy to continue working after thirty thirty years of working. You know, that's no. for sure. Yeah. No. So. Was there was there a lot of other kids at your audition for Eddie? Was that was that so did that work the same way or did you go on, on your own? Yeah, I mean I'm sure there were. Um I just remember I don't remember the actual waiting room and stuff. I'm sure there were quite a few. Um but again, that was back in the day where quite a few would have been twenty kids being seen for that part. Um <clears throat> I could be wrong. They could have seen fifty. I don't know. Uh, how hard they were looking in uh, before they found me. But uh, I do remember the audition. Well, I, I went in um, and um, what is his name? The, the, the Charlie Albert, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. So Charlie was in there with the other producers and such. And we just had a blast because um, they were really interested in the fact that I was studying martial arts. They thought that was super cool. So they asked me to do this spinning, you know, fancy kick in the scene. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can still see the office. They were all sitting on this couch and I, uh, I, I was reading the scene, you know, where the mummy pops up and, and, yeah. uh, uh, you know, I kick it and they just thought it was so funny that I could, you know, the, uh, and of course I, I was a pretty big personality kid. So they just thought it was so funny that I pulled off mm-hmm. this, you know, crazy mini, mini, spinning back kick in the, yeah. in the office. I think that's where they just were like, oh, this is the kid. So uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's basically what happened. Uh, oh, oh, I didn't, they didn't add that for you then, Donnie. That, that was like something that was in the script and you just were suited to it. Right. Yeah. I, I don't remember it being in the script. They may, it may have said, you know, he kicks him down or kicks it, uh, you know, but I think the whole point was, because remember this, <laughs> the ridiculous scene where I, I pulled out the, cardboard by the way uh ninja throwing star mm-hmm. out of uh, <laughs> out of my pocket um we had a hard time with that because they didn't want it to be metal 
uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, so it was like made of this kind of almost like, I don't know if it was cardboard or kind of a resin plastic and it just wouldn't fly correctly. Uh, I, you know, they, they were having a hard time making it look like it actually had any sling to it. But anyway, yeah, I think with Mm -hmm. that being, uh, part of the script, they were probably wanting some kid that looked like he was trained in karate because he was obvious. And back then all of us loved ninjas and, and karate kid and all of that was pretty big. So, um, I think it was pretty fitting for the generation and the age that Eddie was to, uh, to be this little assholeish kid that probably was a bully, at, you know, bully at school and, and, yeah. uh, <laughs> and thought he was a badass, but he really was only an orange belt. <laughs> as a kid, did you have your own ninja stars? Was that, Oh, hell yeah. I, we had them all. Yeah. Uh, we, I, I, I was, the kid that like would go into the back of the Kung Fu magazine and get like the tiger's claws that help you climb a, climb a, a, a building, you know, the right. ones that you put on your hands and your feet <laughs> and then like the <laughs> grappling hooks. And, uh, if I didn't get a chance to buy the ninja stars, I would take duct tape and nails and I would lay those nails out <laughs> in star shape. And I would take that duct tape and we would make the most dangerous child weapons, uh, <laughs> I, I remember taking like uh, bamboo from, I think I was staying at my grandma's at the time and across the street from her house was like a bamboo forest. So my cousin and I went across and cut these uh, long sticks of bamboo, took the, um, took a knife and take, I mean, we were like six years old, man. I mean, this was young. I was young, but I mean, I had a pocket knife at six. I mean, that's just the way it was in the eighties. And, uh, mm-hmm. so I would, we, we took, we took a little sliver off the end of this bamboo and stuck a nail on the end of it. And then we capped it with another piece of bamboo. So you didn't know there was a nail there and like a sheet. <laughs> and then we would take that, uh, off and literally spear things with it. Like we'd throw it like a spear and it'd stick, stick into the trees and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> these days. You know, that would be like, oh, my God, what is the kid doing? Oh, my God, he's going to kill himself. <laughs> but, yeah, I had Ninja Stars. And, and when I was a kid, my, my sister worked in Japan for a while with Tokyo Disneyland. So we went out there, uh, my mom and I, to visit her for a week or so. And um, I came back with a Ninja Sword and more stars. And mm-hmm. I still have that sword in my office, actually, at the dojo, the, uh, the old Ninja Sword that I uh, bought as a kid. So, yeah. man, I was totally – that character was like me to a T, other than I wasn't yeah. – much of an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Although you know you you have a memorable role there, the amount of time you probably would have been on set uh, if you shot it in the states, I would have imagined it would probably just been a couple of days, right? But as they shot in Italy, it must have been. I mean, I forget how long you were on set for, but it must have I been an experience set. to do that as opposed to you know. Oh yeah, I mean, I remember. I think it was his name was Chris, the young man that played my my little partner in crime. Yeah. And uh, we uh, we were so excited when we got into that soundstage and we saw that they had turned that entire soundstage basically into an indoor uh, uh, like fair, like park. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it was really impressive, actually, um, it, you know, because they they it was it was Italy and it was I want to say. It wasn't, it was wintertime. It was, it was wintertime. I don't think it was in the middle of winter, but I want to say it was like fall. So the weather was kind of dreary someday. So they just had control by making it in, uh, you know, making the whole fair um, indoors, uh, which gave them a lot of control. And I think I was there for several, I mean, we, we didn't work every day. 
So I think because they, they flew us out to Rome as kids, they, they purposely spread out our work days so that we could enjoy ourselves there since it was such a long flight to go to get there. Um, Mm. and, uh, I remember obviously on the, in the, in the, in between days that we weren't filming instead of being forced to sit in a, you know, room with a tutor for our schooling, this wonderful man, I wish I still knew who he was because he, what a smart teacher he was. He was, he was an American that was living and teaching in Rome. He had his own little country house school that we actually visited the kids. I think I sent you some pictures of that, um, Graham. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but those, those kids, uh, I mean, uh, this, this man, you know, who taught all these kids, uh, up at this little schoolhouse, he took us under his wing and he just showed us everything. I mean, the, we went to the Vatican. We went to, I mean, every day had something scheduled that was obviously more educational than anything we would have learned by sitting in a, a, a room locked in doing math and homework and busy work. It was so mind expanding at that time of my life. You know, it was just a really, really neat way of, of exploring and, you know, really educating one, yeah, especially at the age that we were. Uh, yeah. culturally. So it's so cool. So in fact, instead of giving me a bunch of busy work, my teachers actually gave me um, just one project that I, other than I think I had to take a couple tests just to keep up with the school. But um, she just said, look, I want you to make a journal, a daily journal. And that's what you're going to turn into me when you get home. What a brilliant teacher that was, because I still have the journal um, or at least one of them. I think I lost one, but I had, I, I kept notes pretty much of every day. And now mm-hmm. I look back on those journals and it's, it's really neat to go, wow, I went to the Vatican and I, I, I literally spelled it out of what I did every day, you know, or I went to the Coliseum <laughs> or I went to the catacombs or whatever the case. So pretty neat stuff. It was, yeah. it was a, a really neat experience. I had no idea. I think when I was auditioning for it, that even filmed in Italy, I think I remember being pretty surprised that, oh my God, we're going to, we're going to Europe. So, uh, <laughs> And it's such a small, you know, these days they would never fly a cast of American actors to, to, to Italy to do such a low budget film, you know, uh, it's, there's no way, you know, and I, I don't even know if it was considered low budget back then. It was just, they were pumping empire productions was pumping all those robo jocks and all those, those movies out. So, um, you know, um, Compared but to those now, were the days, man, those were the days of, of real, you know, Star Wars style, uh, the original, you know, foam masks and monsters actually were uh, animate objects. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was your first impression when you first saw the actual Ghoulie puppets? Oh, dude, I, I love it. It was so cool. I mean, they had one, one of them had penis. I thought it was <laughs> funny. The rat guy literally had penis and balls, yeah. I believe. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I thought it was hilarious. That as a kid, it was just awesome. I mean, you you know, those are the yeah. things that, that I think that experience is what really drove me to pursue acting. There was a, um, you know, we always wanted those those Indiana Jones style films because of how much fun it was to uh, to to film uh, that kind of stuff. So being on set like that with, you know, the 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 ghoulies and learning yeah. how they made the slime and um, you know. <laughs> Uh, all that jazz was pretty cool, man. It was, yeah. it was, neat. Do, you, do you remember much about this, the Satan's den set? Yeah, it was? absolutely. I remember all, I, I remember it all. We used to, 
uh, Chris and I in between takes and stuff would, would, yeah. you know, play hide and seek in there. Cause they had it, they had it all set up just like it would be if we were outside in a real fair. So right. even though it was built by props and such, it, you literally went through and it was a haunted house. Like wow. you went through it and, and, uh, you know, you had your room where that guy was cut in half and the, mm-hmm. you know, and you had your torture, you, you had your, the torture machine where it pulls the person apart and you had the, the room where the, uh, chest of, of, um, the magic stuff was. And if, yeah. if I remember right, so it was, it was really quite, uh, detailed. And, um, so it was a bunch of the other, like, it was, it, it, they were, they had it down so that basically that sound studio, um, they maneuvered around and shot majority of the scenes, specifically the ones in the nighttime, uh, mm-hmm. right inside that sound studio. I, I do know they had a fair built outdoors for the opening scenes and stuff. They got yeah. that out, uh, out of the way without us. Um, but, uh, mm-hmm. it was neat, man. One thing I'll remember, I, I really remember the lunch times. Every every lunch was really neat because we would all the lunch was like you had to cross this big field, just open field. I'm sure it's probably not open anymore, but it was like <laughs> we were kind of out in the country, and uh, we'd leave the sound stage and we'd walk down this this field into this little um, like dinner hall, and I just remember loving the bread, the Italian bread, because that's all you know. That's, they had the butter and the bread every day. <clears throat> so uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, as a kid, it was just a you know, it was like a uh, super stimulating uh, yeah. experience. You know. Do you remember much about um, Albert Band? Um, because I hear he wasn't particularly interested in in you know g- giving directions to the cast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, re- you know, now that you mentioned, God, you, you, it's crazy how things are, are, uh, dug up in the memory banks sometimes. Just, <laughs> I, 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 I remember there being some controversy with him. Um, you know, he was, obviously we were kids, so we were treated differently than the rest of the cast. I, I was always jealous at that age because I was just turning, I think 12 or something, you know, I was preteen and mm-hmm. I was watching all these you know, older kids, you know, or they were all in their early twenties, uh, go out and and do the nightlife in Italy and such. And, and, uh, they were always going out to dinners and drinks and so on and so forth. And they were partying and such. And I wanted to be a part of that, but I was way too young. Um, (laughs) but yeah, Albert band, I, I, I don't really got, I, I remember him being nice to me and, um, I, I didn't, you know, we didn't have any, uh, issues on set, uh, as far as directing goes and such, I could talk about other films that there were some directors who actually got fired because of their lack of couth in, in regard <laughs> to, to dealing with children. Uh, I, I mean, back in that day, remember we were still in the time where, uh, you know, if you needed a kid to cry, as long as <laughs> that it was okay, you'd get slapped. Uh, or, or scared. I mean, I, I did a movie called After the Promise years ago. One of my most favorite films I've ever done. Mark Harmon played my father, and I played a character who, um, in the movie, got got abused, uh, and and the guy who um, abused him uh, smashed his knee and like stomped on his leg when he was a kid. So the rest of the movie, I had to limp, and mm-hmm. I, I guess I just wasn't limping real enough so the director came over and this guy was he was a british guy actually very famous <laughs> his name was i, I want to say david green his last name was definitely green okay. uh, 
but this guy was known to be back in the eighties, especially cause he's, I think he did a lot of those movie of the weeks and stuff. We were up in Canada filming this and he was evil. I mean, he was just, <laughs> a he put, he put these, uh, um, rocks in my shoe and I had to, and these were already uncomfortable shoes cause it was, it was, uh, set back in the 1940s. So it was just, you know, these, you know, I was, I was supposed to be a really poor family and such, but he put a bunch of just sharp rocks, objects in the, uh, on the shoe. And he's like, you're going to walk around with these all day. And that's what <laughs> I did. I walked around with those damn things in my left shoe just to keep that limp. And it worked. <laughs> it wasn't fun, but it worked. <laughs> yeah. Tricks of the trade, you know. So I don't know. Back to Albert. I, I don't. I didn't really. I, I don't remember much. I I think there was a little bit of controversy. He. I think he was kind of a. Um. If I remember right, maybe a. Just. I. I, I want to say at least with me, he was kind of just a quiet kind of. He wasn't a really loud director. Um. So mm. what you you've heard that he didn't have. Uh. He didn't like to direct <laughs> oh, i know I, well, there's a there's a there's a uh, i think um uh, william butler um uh, that was one of his first movies and i remember him coming out uh, you know and asking uh, albert he said he asked him you know how did i do and albert turned to the the cinematographer and said was that in focus and he goes yeah and you turn back to william and says yeah you have a great pal you know <laughs> it, just like he just didn't give a shit you know he hired yeah. you because you could do it and that's it you know yeah. and i was just i didn't know whether or not that translated better as a child or or not you know no i do remember them laughing a lot and when we were filming the uh, i think the first scene i ever filmed uh i want to say was was the one with dumb uh with the mummy that popped up and i mm. remember getting frustrated because the way they had that mummy it was super cheesy rigged and um <laughs> when you know i couldn't I, there was no resistance to it so mm. when i was when i tried to throw the kick it was like hitting like air or like a clapper it was just like nothing and uh and it it was hard to make it look good because you didn't have any resistance when you when you hit it and uh but he thought it was funny because the kid was a dick anyway so he's like we'll make it look <laughs> like a frickin' Uh, idiot of a martial artist as well and why the hell does he have a, a shuriken in his back pocket <laughs> but we had fun though my mom was even in the movie she's uh right. yeah they 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 had everybody join in as extras so was uh the um the guy who did the special effects um oh can i pull yeah can, he's, yeah. he's in the movie um yeah. in the scene where I want to say it was when the the giant ghoulie comes and starts running after and, and wreaking terror terror and havoc uh, around the fair. Um, yeah, it was, was when everybody. Like, I think there's a scene when uh, rats, yeah. rats, rats. Yeah, that's that. it. That one. Yeah. I think rats. my mom can have the line. She's like, "Ooh, they're super cool." You hear a little southern accent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, but good. anyway. <laughs> Has, okay, I know everyone's kind of who is involved in Ghoulies Two. For some reason, it seems to be the the one that people want to talk about more than any of the others in the series. Um, has the experience you took away from working on that movie has it changed from when you were a kid to now? Do you look back and think of it as a different experience? Probably. I mean, yeah, I think inevitably. You, 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 as a kid, it's a it's again, like I said, it's kind of like that fun time game, you know, experience. It's like, whoa, yeah. dude, I, I'm I'm an actor. I, I, I get to I get to go to Rome, Italy to, to film movies and stuff. And um, 
you know, I wasn't really a Hollywood kid. I mean, I, I lived in the outskirts of Los Angeles. I lived in Orange County and, and my parents were very, one thing I'm, I am thankful for is they were very protective of my childhood in regards to, and I was too, I, I made it a point to say that I want to be a kid. I don't, I don't want to miss out on too much. And I still did miss out on, you know, I miss out on like, I was never a part of team sports because I could never make practice. So that's mm. why I became a surfer and a martial artist and a skater and a snowboarder and all the things that really only took me and whatever materials uh, I needed to become, uh, you know, uh, good at that sport. And so uh, I think as, back then, you know, as, as a kid, it was, it was like, it, it was just, it was an experience. They really, I think that's the way to say it. It was, it was something that just was fun. Now I look back and I realize that all of those experiences, a child actor, um, you know, was obviously a part of my growth and who I am today. And it made, you know, positives. I, I'm cultured. I was yeah. able to travel the, the world a lot of time and be around a lot of people, including a lot of adults, which, you know, allowed me, um, I think a, a lot of good social skills, uh, you know, learn, learn a lot of how to, how to deal with adults. I was very good with teachers in school and, and communication and stuff. And that comes from just basically being your own little businessman, uh, at age 10, 11, 12 years old, you had to know how to talk to people. That's why directors and producers would hire you is because they felt like you were going to be an easy, um, you know, uh, actor to work with and, and, e and easy to direct. Um, looking back as an adult though, you know, um, you start to realize the little mini lessons you learned. And then you start to realize like, you know, how, how crazy it was to be an, a, a child actor and, and literally sometimes work 12 hour days, you know, at yeah. very young age. Um, but, uh, I think I look back at all those days and I'm just, you know, very grateful. I mean, not a lot of people, uh, even back then, even though, you know, we weren't as saturated in the industry as we are today, it, you know, it was very lucky to be able to say I'm a working actor, you know, um, I did what a lot of people, you know, I think aspired to do, you know, yeah. and, uh, I'm lucky. I've, I'm very grateful and thankful for it. And, um, so, you know, that's, that's really it. I, I had a great, I had a great lifestyle, man. I can't, I can't complain, you know, <laughs> were, you, were you allowed to um, watch the film as a kid? Yeah. 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 You know, that was the other great thing about being in movies. It's like, I remember going and taking my friends to Night of the Demons premiere. Night oh, of the Demons, yeah. they had the, you know, whole lipstick, you know, pushed into the, yeah. to the areola freaking scene and stuff. <laughs> and, uh, but I mean, I mean, we were all preteens. I think we were in seventh, eighth grade, maybe sixth yeah. grade. Actually, it might have been sixth, seventh grade. And I remember the parents going, because some of the parents came with some of my friends at the, to the movie premiere. And uh, I just remember them going, oh, shit, this is a R film. <laughs> but Ghoulies wasn't so bad. I mean, Ghoulies didn't really have a lot of anything in it, <laughs> really. I mean, other than just, uh, good old 1980s cheese. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, um, yeah, I, I was able to watch things probably a little ahead of time because I was in um, – the industry you know yeah, yeah. Uh, i should i should always really mention uh that obviously after night of demons and through all these uh you know tv and film roles you, you became and i'm quoting a heartthrob oh wow now, i've seen sites dedicated to your raw sex appeal donny <laughs> <laughs> hey man that's a i you know that's all i don't know i that 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 was always kind of 
um, the, the, the odd part. I mean, I, that, that started back, I think in my late teens, early twenties where I was doing, you know, seventh heaven and, you know, the, the, uh, the Malawi shores and one life to lives and all that stuff. So, although I did (laughs) used to get some weird fan mail as a kid, man, I, I was just talking to somebody recently about it. I had a lot of fan mail from like prisons, dudes in prison. And, uh, uh, if you not, um, and then there was this one dude, he was in the inland empire, which is kind of the, um, Eastern part of Los Angeles County. It's called San Bernardino, that area, uh, kind of deserty out there. And, uh, there was this one guy that starting way back in the eighties, like, 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 back in the beginning of my career he kind of caught on to me and started sending me these um fan letters and it was just so persistent i mean it was weekly he was constantly sending me these fan letters that were just just enough like how he loves me and just enough to make my agent you know who back then would receive a lot of the fan mail um and my parents a little uncomfortable so i think they got an investigator out yeah made sure that the guy was you know uh you know, not known for, for e- eating people's skin off of the uh, <laughs> bodies. And, uh, uh, but they did, they, they, they kind of kept an eye on him. I think I still have a couple of his, his letters. I saved a few of, of my fan mail just to show my <laughs> daughter one day, but there's some weird stuff out there, man. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess I did. I guess at one point I came close to being a heartthrob. I wouldn't say I was there. I mean, I think there's a picture of me in Playgirl magazine with like jeans and a belt buckle on. And of course they make me look like I just got off of like, uh, the oil rigs, uh, <laughs> you know, but of course you look up at my stupid baby face and you're like, dude, this is a little uncomfortable, man. This kid's like 16. <laughs> Although I was 23. You know? um, so, uh, yeah, I, I went through, I guess that stage. I didn't cut it though, man. I'm not six foot tall. I'm only like five, nine. Uh, now I'm, I've shrunk my back's all messed up and stuff. So, you know, um, <laughs> you don't have to be I'm tall a... to be sexy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess Tom Cruise, you know, he needs, he's a good example of that. Exactly. Uh, no, I was, uh, I was always, I think a little jealous, even when I was on the, the American soaps, some of these guys that would come in, you know, uh, to do different characters on the shows, they would come in and like, Hey, what, where are you from? What, what, what did you do? I was a Calvin Klein model. Well, shit. Uh, all right. <laughs> you know, you're six foot two and there's a little, little boyish face Donnie here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, I guess there was a little bit of a, a, a period of time where, you know, uh, my sex appeal <laughs> took over. <laughs> well, would, would you, um, I should I just go, I mean, I know, you know, you did kind of, you know, martial arts kind of won out, you know, with your passion and you kind of, you know, because of Hollywood was a bit shit. I suppose, well, you, you know, I, I think what happened was it, not only was the industry changing in my opinion, going towards the wrong direction in regards to just even right now, the, the, the one big saying is, is there's no money in it anymore. Mm. And it's hard for, I think people outside the industry to understand that, but there there's plenty of money in it, but the money's going into CGI and, uh, and, and big, big, big bang movies. The, yeah. the world of, of being a working quote unquote working actor, like I used to be where, you know, you had a chance to start, say, in 1984-85 as a kid and build yourself up a, um, 
uh, a, a day rate um, from just booking jobs. For instance, you start with, let's say, a guest star on Punky Brewster or a guest star are reoccurring on, on um, what was that show uh, uh, that I started on? Uh, oh, there's been so many. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. The start, the one that I started on back in the uh, the Fred, Fred Savage's show. What's that called? Oh, Wonder Years. Wonder Years. Wonder Years. Yeah, thanks. Uh, my wife just walked into the room and uh, really threw my game off. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wonder Years. Um, you know, you you book that. You book. You know, and each time you booked, your agent was able to go back to the negotiation table and say, okay, well, you know, the day rate was eight hundred, but you know, he just booked this, this, and this. How about we give them a day rate of 950? And eventually you'd work your way up to a, I think they usually maxed out day rates for normal actors around 15 to $2,000. But that was a damn good day rate. You know, well, mm-hmm. over the years, they pulled that. They, the, the Hollywood doesn't do those kind of day rates anymore. Now it's basically capped, my understanding, at 800 plus 10% if you're lucky. And that 10% covers your agency. So, you know, I think it's, it's, it's just for me, I, I got to a point where I, I didn't like chase, chasing the jobs. I didn't like how much time I was, I was spent. I had spent in, in the car driving to auditions, sitting in waiting rooms. Uh, you know, one thing about being an actor is you sacrifice a lot of downtime. That's why we did get the money that we got in our projects because the in between time we spent working on these auditions and studying these scripts we weren't getting paid for yet it was a full-time job so when you did book it kind of made up for the weeks if not months in between your jobs that you were still studying as an actor and pursuing um your career so that's kind of the way i always looked at it is is you know why certainly how many nights a week do i spend at home studying sides for that audition the next day but i don't book the audition yet hours of my day was unpaid makes sense so um you know i I find it interesting that the transition for me came i'd say almost trifold one is i was completely burnt out i had been doing it for so many years i was never ever that addicted to it to a point where i couldn't leave it i i even remember back in the high school days of questioning myself of whether I wanted to continue in Hollywood or not and maybe give it a break. I would sometimes got upset because I'd miss like a a school dance or a a function of some sort that all my friends got a chance to go to, but I couldn't because I had to go film something or I had to go audition. for. So those kind of things started building up. And then of course the money started becoming, you know, an issue because I'm like, well, what a about stability for future you never know as an actor these days uh you know or any day but when you're going to stop working you could have mm. been on one of the most famous shows in the world it's it's tons of stories out there of actors being you know top of their game and then within a six-month period they're out of work and they're having and they're struggling catching back up so i thought about the future a lot and um i started seeing that that I wasn't booking as much. I, I was not able to survive off of the money. And uh, I kept on thinking to myself, what in the, here comes H-E double hockey sticks. Am I going to freaking do, right? <laughs> how am I going to, how am I going to work this out? And I somehow, because I was still training as a martial artist, I fell into like being asked to teach one day, assistant teacher. And I started doing that more and more and more as a brown belt. 
and I realized at Black Belt, I was like, you know what? I love this. This is something that's feeding my soul. I'm able to get in front of people and talk like there's my art. I'm able to create. And uh, I think it just kind of took over my heart, you know, and it, but yet I didn't feel like I was really losing anything. I still had the memories. I still had the experiences of going to Rome, Italy at age, you know, 11 years old and, and working with some amazing actors throughout my career and exploring the world and, um, and, and even being called a heartthrob. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I look at it as a positive, but yeah, it did change. And the, the switch over to martial arts happened, um, really solidified it about 10 years ago. The lovely thing is, is once I got my dojo up and running and my, my new career up and running, I started, I started to realize that I can now enjoy being an actor again. So mm-hmm. there's occasionally I'll pop into like a little independent film that one of my friends is doing, or uh, I go to a table read that somebody needed somebody to read a, a new script or whatever. And I start to really kind of find my passion again for the art and my love for that. Cause it'll never go away. You know, it's like yeah. my wife, she works at Paramount. She's not an actress any longer, but she has a good job in the industry and we always say to each other, you know, one day when we're a little older, we'll probably be that old couple that does community theater wherever we're living just to get our little fix in. <laughs> yeah. So, well, you're obviously busy, but um, yeah. have you ever have you ever popped on the con circuit at all? That's interesting you ask that. I just had a discussion. First, I reached out to Empire Productions um, and the owner of that company because uh, they kept on popping up on my Instagram. So I'm like, what is this? So I popped on their website, took a look at it. Um, I emailed the owner of Empire Productions, and he came back at me, very, very nice man, said, uh, mm. I'm so sorry. I, I'm quite booked right now with, with my list of actors and actresses that I work with. But then he gave me another referral from a good friend of his who does the same you know, promotion agency thing. Mm. So I just spoke with him last week. Um, he's very interested in the ghoulies and the night of the demons, you know, um, stuff. So he's hopefully going to get me out there. Uh, I think it'd be fun as an older, you know, 46 year old man to go back and, and talk to some of the fans, uh, yeah. of these movies, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we have so to get used to writing bodacious boobs. Sit on the, <laughs> Funny you say that, Graham, cause you know, the, the, my, my wife the other day said, so are you prepared to like have to say those stupid lines? Uh, you know, fans are going to want to hear it. Dude, I still remember him. Bodacious booby sift, they keep on growing. You'll have to hire someone just to tie your shoes. It's, you know why I remember that? I haven't seen the damn movie in years, but it's because the, we must have taken that take 20 times that day. I'm in that closet, in that mask, and I just had the best 20 takes because every time I popped that closet open, her boobs were there and I was a preteen and it was a lovely thing knowing that I was looking at a girl in lingerie who had been in Playboy magazine. It was phenomenal. <laughs> oh, so. that's brilliant. Yeah. I think, I think you'll get along well with the, with the fans, Donnie. Yeah. <laughs> well, we would, we'd have a good time. I, I have done a couple of, I think I did a comic con or something, a nostalgia con or something like that. That was, uh, for wild and crazy kids for the Nickelodeon show I used to do. Oh yeah. yeah. But, uh, I haven't, uh, I haven't done any. In fact, Kevin Tinney always 
he's he's invited me a few times. He always asks me, "Why aren't you? Why aren't you a part of that?" Um, I just never really got onto it, and and I was I was never really asked. I mean, I think the parts weren't like that pivotal. I think they were just memorable because I was really the only kid in the movie. Mm. So um, mm. oh, the time is right. Don't your students uh, recognize you? Or say, were you that guy from Ghoulies, that kid from Ghoulies? You know what's funny is, is I don't get much recognition these days from Ghoulies or Night of the Demons, but I do get the recognition from some of the other things. Uh, you know, um, specifically out here, that Nickelodeon show was was pretty big in America, yeah. and uh, and then um, uh, what is it called, Seventh Heaven? I get I get a lot of, um, and uh, and then One Life to Live. Um, you know, but, yeah. um, I had a, a girl call the dojo last week. Uh, actually she called, spoke with my assistant. She's like, I'm, I'm interested in self-defense, uh, classes. <laughs> and, uh, and so he says, okay, um, well, uh, where do you live? She's like somewhere, up, it was somewhere up North. And he goes, well, you want virtual classes? She goes, well, yeah, yeah. I I, I hear you guys are doing virtual classes. So he's like, okay, well, let me set you up. She goes, well, can you have Donnie, the owner, call me? So he says, um, okay. So he gave me the note. I called her, uh, called her back and she was a fan. She just wanted to, I, and I, I was so, I, I said, Hey, listen, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Virtual classes, teaching self-defense. It's not, a, I'm not going to take your money. Next time you're in LA, come to the dojo, you know, I'd love to meet you in person. Just say hello to me. Make sure I'm there. But you know, come on by next time you're down. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sell you. I could have sold the girl a ten lesson card uh, and and charged her a few hundred dollars for 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 the service. But it's just not right. So uh, anyway, uh, it happens sometimes. I had a kid. I had this young man uh, several several years ago. One of my students in the middle of a private lesson. I had been working with him now for I'd say probably a year. And he finally started getting comfortable with me, you know, as a sensei. And we're, t- I can't remember what we're walking, uh, you know, walking around onto our, our, our training with, but uh, we're just talking about, you know, some skill set or what have you. And he stops and he just looks at me and he goes, sir, can I, can I be honest with you? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I was such a huge fan of yours. <laughs> but while <laughs> kids, I was like, oh, okay. And awkward. But yeah, that's fine. <laughs> So uh, it happens, but I'm pretty much now full full blown sensei. Less less the old Donnie Jeffcoat now. It's yeah. just a martial arts Donnie Jeffcoat. There's not there's not a Ghoulies two poster in the dojo somewhere. No, <laughs> no. I never. I, I had friends ask me, "Why don't you have pictures of your career up in the school?" And I'm like, mm. "The same reason why I didn't call the school Donnie Jeffcoat's Karate." Donnie, Donnie karate, you know? uh, I mean, it, it's ringing, Donnie Karate. I just don't know <laughs> why I would want to put, because eventually, you know, you don't want to always have to teach. So mm-hmm. maybe somebody else takes over. So. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Well, this yeah. has been so much fun, Donnie. It's yeah. always a pleasure speaking with you. And uh, yeah. obviously, you've got your hands full at the moment. So <laughs> thank you for giving us some of your precious yeah, time. Thank you. Oh, no problem. It. I enjoy it. Well, hopefully one day, uh, Graham and Paul, hopefully we'll be able to have that pint together and uh, yeah, in in good we old England. Once we were, dude, we almost yeah. did it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get it going. That I promise. We'll make it happen. I need to actually travel around. I, I did that twenty three and me. I don't know if you guys have that out there, but that uh, 
DNA testing thing where it tells oh, you where yeah. you're from and all that. Okay. My wife got that for the family over Christmas, so I finally did mine. Just got it back yesterday. And mm. uh, I am literally like 98.8% European. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm 80-something percent English slash Irish. So, because no, Jeff your could, teeth are far yeah. too good. <laughs> hey, brother, braces and I, and I remember those headband headband things from the eighties that made you look like a fool. Yeah, I wore those. Uh, but yeah, the uh, my teeth were fucked, Graham. They were they were so screwed. I was like, I had like three different layers. Uh, I could have had my own horror series. Um, but yeah, no, I I uh, I guess I'm I'm from Worcestershire. I want to say Worcestershire. Worcestershire is that how you say it? Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Yeah. And then my my wife is from Oxfordshire. Okay. So, uh, yeah, the leeches are from there, and the Jeffcoats are from there. We're hoping that oh, we don't come back related. You <laughs> 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 never freaking know, huh? So, anyway, and then and then I'm eight percent African. Oh yeah. Well, eight percent. Well, don't we all either um, originate from Africa or yeah. Australia? I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, I think found pretty uh, interesting. Yeah. One thing I'm not is is American Indian. In my whole freaking life, my family's told me your great granny was full blooded Cherokee, and she was a really mean Indian, and she she put an axe in her uh, <laughs> husband's back, uh, killed him, and, and while chasing him through a river or something. You have a lot of Cherokee blood in you, dude. I have no American Indian, not even a darn cent, not even. A so there you go. We went, really went off with a bang, didn't we, guys? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. Will you guys uh, be good? If you need anything more, always give me a shout out, Graham. When? How's your book coming? Oh, I know you're going to answer that. Well, you know those. I, I well, you the book that you so generously provided photos for was delayed. Because of COVID, um, yeah, I, so uh, yeah. fingers crossed it sees a release soon. Because uh, what you sent me was amazing to see, and uh, and fans of yourself and the movie are going to love seeing those. That's awesome! Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, well, I it'll wish be you in print. It's just going to take a while. Yeah, no worries. You know, everything takes a while. At least you haven't been, you know, stopped by some weird obstacle of oh, you can't use that or you can't <laughs> say that or whatever. You know? No, have no, you been no, in no. contact with like Charles Band or any of the? Were you able to get in contact with any of the execs or? From Empire, uh, I think Char Charlie won't talk to anyone. Mm. Interesting. Um, we've tried for, for this sh for this show and for the book. I've, I mean, the amount of people I've I've spoke to, I I got emails from from like the cast and people who are in contact with him now, and just he just will not respond. I don't think he wants to talk about stuff. I think he just wants to talk about things that are present. You know? Yeah. Is and in a way, he's still going. He's got full moon now, but um, I think because he got sued over Ghoulies as well. And then he had to sell it, uh, the rights to the movies to kind of try and save Empire. I, it, I think it's a bit of a black sheep in the whole uh, series of films that he released for wait, that company. Wait, you know? He got sued, what, by the makers of Gremlins, like Steven Spielberg? No, no, he, <laughs> he, got, he got sued by um, the directors and writers of the original Ghoulies because he basically didn't pay them. <laughs> oh yeah sounds about right i tell you man the 80s were that's why man let's go back it was raw i mean everything was raw beating children uh you know uh, uh actor abuse uh male chauvinism it was all there everything was just really nice and spicy prison pen pals 
<laughs> prison pen pals, <laughs> which I'm sure probably still exist. Uh, dude, those guys were like addicted to the soap operas, man. It's it really, really spooky. Anyway, uh, right. probably, probably a lot scarier yeah. than things crawling out of toilets, right? <laughs> <laughs>